Welcome back to the online family conference. We are glad that you are here with us today. I'm Tim Parody. This is my wife, Tammy Parody, and we're here to talk to you today about the lovely subject of budgeting. Uh, <laughs> so we have been a part of Victory Life for about 10 years now. We were first introduced to the church through the Hugo location. We were actually ministering there, and they ended up ministering to us to the point where we felt like we really had to be a part of the family. And we moved to Sherman about uh, eight years ago and have been here ever since. We're going to talk about building a budget today. Our journey with this budget thing started about eight years ago when we moved here. We, it took every single penny we had. We were broke. We had nothing in the bank. We were living paycheck to paycheck. We've put these principles into practice, and now eight years later, we have savings, we own our own home, we have no debt, and retirement is looking good. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim decided that he wanted to help others, and so he went out to Nashville and got trained as the Dave Ramsey financial coach, and we've been helping people ever since. So that's kind of our journey. Uh, before we get into kind of the nuts and bolts of budgeting, I just want to share some statistics with you. 78% of households in America right now are living paycheck to paycheck. And what that means is if you miss one paycheck, you're in a financial crisis. And that's kind of a scary place to be, just constantly worrying about that. 40% of Americans can't cover a $400 emergency. And that one scares me. $400 is really not that much of an emergency. So that one would be really scary to be in that situation. And if you continue at that pace, what's gonna happen is you're gonna end up in retirement when you're 65, and you're gonna be part of a statistic where if you're on social security, the average per person is twelve dollars to $1,500 a month. And that is not an ideal retirement situation. No. So in the beginning, uh, our why, why we decided to do this was we wanted security. We had nothing left every month, month after month. Tim didn't feel like a very good provider, even though he was. And we were stuck in jobs that we really didn't want to be in anymore, but we had no cushion to be able to transition to something different. That has changed through the years, and we now have a more of a long-term vision or purpose or why. Uh, whether you have a little bit of money or a lot of money, it is important to have purpose. Our wonderful Pastor Dwayne has a great quote that says, finances without purpose can get you out of the purpose of God. That's good. It's true. We want to hear from you. Tell us in the chat rooms, what's your why? Let's talk a little bit about teamwork. When it comes to marriage, money fights are the number one cause of divorce. <laughs> Take it easy, Tammy. <laughs> uh, so just kind of picture you and your spouse, you're in a rowboat, middle of Lake Texoma. You're both paddling in opposite directions. You're not going to get anywhere fast like that. And the same thing happens in our finances, right? We both have different dreams, different visions. We're trying to make the money stretch into both of those. And it's just not successful. Um, so you got to work as a team. That's very important. If you're single, you can row that boat in one direction really easily, but it becomes more important to know that you're rowing in the right direction. Because if you're rowing the wrong direction, you're going to end up at a bad destination. So if you're single and you need help in this, find an accountability partner, someone that you really trust, a good mentor that you can be open with and just share, hey, I'm going on a financial journey here. I need some accountability. Would you be willing to meet with me once or twice a month? All right. Now, if you're married, this process is going to look a little different. One person may enjoy the numbers better and may enjoy putting it in the process, the creative process of making a budget. Yes. The other person needs to show up and look at what they have created 
And then you need to make edits. You need to maybe change some things. And that way you get on the same team. But both of you have to show up. One of you can't cop out and just say, well, whatever you want to do, and then you go spend all the money and wreck the budget. doesn't work like that. It doesn't. I kind of think of this uh, like you're writing a book, right? So there's a writer who pours his heart out and puts together on pages what the story wants to look like, but it's not the finished product at that point. You got to take it to the editor who needs to make some tweaks, right? They need to make sure the grammar is correct. They need to look at the sentences and be like, you know what, this just doesn't communicate well to me. Can we rephrase this, put it a different way? And then together as the writer and the publisher, we can put out the finished book. So in this case, it's the finished budget. And you gotta do that every month intentionally, come up with a plan and then put it into action. So what is a budget? And if you're like most folks, a budget, when you say that word, it just conjures up negative emotions, right? It could be because you are a spouse who beats up your partner with that. You might say, it's not in the budget. We're not spending our money that way. We can't afford that. And so it becomes this source of contention. Could also be that you kind of handle money like we used to. We would make sure we would put our income down first. And then we would calculate R of our bills and get a little more nervous every time we subtract a bill until you get to the bottom and there's a little bit of a cushion left and you breathe a, a sigh of relief and be like, okay, there's money left. We won this month. Um, but inevitably, that money is going to get spent. So that's how most of us view a budget, but it's not the right way. I love this quote from John Maxwell. John Maxwell says, "Money, a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. Statistically, in 2020, the average household income in America is $78,500. So if you look at the average working career, we're talking age 22 to 65. That's 43 years. If you never get a raise your whole life and you just make that $78,500, that is $3.4 million that's going to pass through your household wow. in your working career. Yeah, that's a lot of money. It is. <laughs> All right, so... Inevitably, what a budget will do is it will bring vision to your life. It will bring unity in your marriage because you're working through things and it will bring freedom. Mm. So we're going to show you today how to do a zero based budget. Maybe you've never heard of a zero based budget. But very simply, it's your income minus your expenses, which includes bills and all other things equals zero. That's it. That's it. Another way we could put it is you're going to spend every dollar on paper before the month begins. Now, this does not mean that you have zero dollars in the bank. No, you're in control. You're telling your money where to go. So that control is important. It's not the debt collectors that are calling that are telling you where your money goes or mama. Nope. It's you. You're going to say this dollar is going to savings or retirement or debt or school uniforms or haircuts, whatever it is, you're going to give it a name. So to do a zero-based budget, the very first thing is going to be income. You have to know what you're working with. And then the next thing is going to be tithe. Very important. Oh, man, is this a lesson in tithe? <laughs> no, let's, let's take a brief look at tithe and what that means. It's a, it's a math term, right? In the Bible, a tithe means a tenth. It's 10%. So statistics show that Christian households in America give 2.5% of their income and call that a tithe. Okay, you can't quarter a tenth and come up with 10%. That math is just fuzzy. That doesn't make sense, okay? It's 10%. 
Got to give it right off the bat. That's, and, and it's not a salvation issue. No. We're not talking about God sitting up in heaven, looking down on us. And if we're not tithing, he's ready to beat us over the head. When God tells us to do something in the Bible, it's for our benefit. It's not for his own good. Uh, he wants to see us succeed. And so he, it, we live in a world where he created the benefits of sowing and reaping. So if you sow in this area of your finances with a tithe, you're going to reap the benefits. So what are the benefits? Let's look at Malachi 3, 10 through 11. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. Test me, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Mm. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. That's a promise. Test him in it. He said, try me in this. See if I don't follow through on it. Uh, so when it comes to money, we're either going to worship wealth or we're going to worship with our wealth. It's a good distinction. It is. All right. So after tithe is on that budget, the next thing is savings. And savings is super important. You've got to learn to pay yourself if you're going to build wealth. The first thing that you have to save for is emergencies. Emergencies are going to happen, okay? You could leave here and have a blowout on the way home. Uh, you could have an unexpected medical bill. It could be the middle of August and 120 degrees outside and your AC goes out. These are emergencies. They are going to happen. You've got to have a plan for them. Number two, you've got to save for retirement. Retirement is inevitable. It's going to happen. Most of us retire at the age of 65. And unless you want to be that statistic where you're dependent on Social Security of twelve dollars to $1,500 a month, you got to have a plan for better. So you need to calculate what do we want life to look like, figure out how much money it's going to take to get there, and then start saving towards that. All right, so those are the crucial aspects, emergencies and retirement. Past that, if there's extra money, we have a crisis in America. There's no doubt about it. It's a student loan crisis. It is absolutely crazy how much debt our students are walking away from colleges with, and it's crippling. They're walking into life as adults and into marriages with all this debt. So start saving for college for your kids. There's funds out there where you can save tax-free, start investing, give them a leg up on this. And then pass that sinking funds. Let me give you an example. So say you need a new set of tires on your car about a year from now. All right, so you, you figure out how much it's gonna cost to buy the tires. You got 12 months, so you divide that by 12. And then each month, you put that payment in there. And by the time you get to a year, you've got enough to buy the tires. You don't have, it's not a crisis at that point. You got the money. So you can do that things for, for you can do that to, for tires. You can do that for a vacation. You can do that for Christmas. Christmas. Christmas happens every December 25th, but we're surprised after Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh, it's Christmas. Um, so just be prepared. All right, so it's going to take you guys 90 days to get good at this budgeting thing. You've never done it before. That's okay. We want you to give yourselves some grace. It's going to take—the the ultimate goal is to get to once a month, yes, but not initially, and that's okay. So every time you come back to the budget because you forgot a bill or somebody's birthday or whatever it may be, you have to figure out what are we going to take money in our budget that we planned— to purchase and pay for whatever the new thing was that you forgot. That way you get to a zero-based budget, not a negative-based budget. Absolutely. So your, your income is going to be your greatest wealth-building tool, right? So the amount of money that flows through your hands on a monthly basis gives you the opportunity to build wealth. And there's two, two factors that can contribute to that. One is your income. 
So if you're in a tight situation financially and you're looking at your budget for the first time, you're like, man, we, we're, we're a little backwards on this. We're a little upside down. You need some more income. It might be time to start a side hustle. There's a lot of uh, businesses right now who are flourishing because of some of the crisis that we're under. They're, they're desperately trying to hire. Might be a good time to go pick up a part-time job and make some financial progress here in your budget. The other end of that is the expenses. So as you're looking through this over 90 days, you're going to start to see some eye-opening figures pop out to you on the budget. Like, we're spending how much on this? Um, and just itemize those expenses. See if it's something that maybe you can cut out permanently or maybe just for a part-time, um, just so you can get some traction in this area of your expenses. All right. And speaking of expenses, just to highlight, let's talk about debt just a little bit. So a very simple definition of debt is anything you owe to anyone, period. Now, the average car payment in America right now is $550. If you have two or even three cars, my heart goes out to you. The average household credit card debt is $5,700. And student loan debt is $31,000 per person. Guys, that is just a weight dragging you down, and you do not need. Get out of debt. The Word of God says it this way in Proverbs 22. It says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. You are not designed or destined to be a slave. You are designed for freedom. That's what God wants for you. Get out of debt and get free. So what's it take to make this succeed? Uh, I love this definition of maturity. It says maturity is learning to delay pleasure. Children do what feels good and adults devise a plan and follow it. So what we're talking about today is nothing earth shattering. This isn't mind blowing information. This is really common sense stuff. But to succeed and build wealth, it's about 20% head knowledge it's 80% behavior. You can't be that five-year-old toddler in the checkout line at Walmart throwing a temper tantrum because you, you don't have the money to buy a candy bar, all right? It's time to, put up, uh, time to put on your big boy pants, your big girl pants, come up with a plan, stick to it, uh, and you're going to make some progress. Now, are you talking about discipline? I know. It's a curse word, you oh, search. I know. Oh, I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing you got to do is you got to balance your checkbook. If you don't know what that means, if that's Greek to you, Google it. All right. You've got to know where you're starting from. Think of it as a GPS system. All right. You put in your destination, but it's got to know your starting point. It can't give you the directions unless it knows your starting point. And your, your finances is the same way. You've got to balance your checkbook. In America, we spend over $30 billion on an annual basis in overdraft fees. That's because we don't know how to balance the checkbook. What we do is we pull up our bank, we see what our current balance is, and we're like, oh, I got $500, I can go buy this. But what you forgot to take into consideration was the 10 transactions that happened over the last two days that haven't hit yet. And then when that does you're not funded and you're overdrafting and you're contributing to those banks, big built those big buildings downtown. So you got to be able to balance the checkbook. Lastly, God loves you. Amen. All right. He wants you to succeed in this area of your finances. God is the ultimate giver. You can never outgive him, but you can't help anybody when your finances are a wreck. When you get your finances in order, it opens opportunities for you to be a blessing to others. And God will, if, if he can get money through you, He's going to get more of it to you. I promise. If you are faithful in this area of your lives, he's going to follow through and bless you in this area. I love this. This is called the momentum theorem. It's focused intensity over time. So that's doing a budget consistently multiplied by God equals unstoppable momentum. 
Ooh, I like that theorem. That's a great theorem. <laughs> All right, so we've had 20 minutes to talk to you about building a budget. And I think we've thrown a lot at you, but there's so much more that we'd love to share with you. As far as budgeting, it's a very valuable part of a healthy financial picture. Like I said, there is more. So we want to leave you with some resources so that you have the opportunity to go and learn more. First one is Tim is a financial coach. And his passion is to help people build wealth. And whether that is budgeting or that is teaching about investing in education, he is going to be giving away 20-minute free phone calls and you can call and talk about whatever you want to with your personal finances. That's going to be at www.timparity.com, and you can schedule a time. The other thing is, if you are local to our Sherman campus, every year we do Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. This year will be no different, so be looking for that in the fall. Well, we are absolutely honored to be here. We have loved our time with you. Thank you so much, Victory Life, and we hope you have a wonderful Jubilee. Thanks, guys.